0: Phil Bryant and the Honorable Morris McTeague QSO.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable.
0: This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in the Midwest and Supertalk Media in the South, we're delighted to welcome Ambassador Carla Sands. Ambassador Carla Sands served as the U.S. Ambassador to the Kingdom of Denmark from 2017 to 2021. Prior to her appointment, Ambassador Sands had a diverse career in the entrepreneurial, investment, and philanthropic sectors with a focus on real estate, community service, and education. As chairman of Vintage Capital Group, she also served on President Trump's Transition Finance Committee and Economic Advisory Council in 2016 and was the California delegate for the 33rd Congressional District to the 2016 Republican National Convention. Ambassador Carlos Sands grew up in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Ambassador Sands studied biology and chemistry at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and Elizabethtown College before receiving her doctorate of chiropractic degree from Life Chiropractic College. Ambassador Sands went on to follow her father and grandfather's footsteps, being the third generation in her family to practice chiropractic in Pennsylvania. And in 1999, Ambassador Carla Sands married Fred Sands, and after Fred's passing in 2015, Carla stepped in to lead his company and became the first woman to serve as chairman and CEO of Vintage Capital Group. In July 2021, Ambassador Carla Sands announced that she would seek the nomination for U.S. Senate to represent the great citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and our fellow Americans across the nation. Indeed, it is our great honor to welcome Ambassador Carlos Sands to America's Roundtable. A good morning and a warm welcome to you.
1: Welcome, Ambassador Sands. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. And thank you, Natasha. I'm so happy to talk to you and all of your listeners. Thank you. Ambassador Carla Sainz, uh, you served on President Trump's Economic Advisory Council. And in 2017, President Trump called on you to represent the United States as the US Ambassador to Denmark, a Greenland and the Faroe Islands. During your tenure, Denmark increased its defense spending and US exports to the Kingdom of Denmark rose over 43%. In January 2021, you received the Department of Defense's highest civilian honor the Medal of Distinguished Public Service, for your work to increase security in the High North while countering Russia and China. In February 2019, you co-authored a piece together with Richard Grenell, U.S. Ambassador to Germany, which was published by the prominent German media Deutsche Welle, titled, Europe must retain control of its energy security. And I quote, make no mistake. Nord Stream 2 will bring more than just Russian gas. Russian leverage and influence will also flow under the Baltic Sea and into Europe, and the pipeline will enable Moscow to further undermine Ukrainian sovereignty and stability. In exchange, Europe will send billions of euros to Moscow each year, indirectly bankrolling Russian military aggression in places like Ukraine and Syria. It will also fund the Russian troll farms and disinformation factories that target democratic institutions in Europe and the United States. The completion of Nordstrom two and the importation of more Russian gas into Europe would help to finance even greater Russian aggression throughout the continent. Unquote. Ambassador Sands, your prescient warning in 2019 is so relevant today with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Could you kindly share with us your thoughts about President Biden cancelling America's Keystone Pipeline on his first day in office in 2021, approving the Nord Stream 2 Pipeline in Europe, which is owned by Russia's Gazprom in majority ownership of Russia's government, and at the same time discouraging gas drilling in America, thus eroding our America's energy security and energy independence?
2: Natasha, it is a very important question, and thank you for doing so much research and finding that old op-ed that Rick Grenell and I wrote, because we knew this was really one of the most important pieces of our ally, you know, European countries, uh, the EU and NATO writ large um it's a very big issue my team and i were able to block that Nord stream to gas pipeline that russian gas pipeline because it was in danish waters it's the only place it wasn't completed and then we were able to um it was able to be blocked in the economic uh zone there of of denmark and then finally we did have the threat of sanctions working with the white house very closely so we were able to delay the completion the entire time uh, I left in January of 2021, as you said, and we know what happened next. On day one, Joe Biden he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and 11,000 good jobs. Also, more energy uh, independence for certainly North America because we were getting energy from an ally, Canada, but also and carrying it in a safe and you know safe and green way through a pipeline, and then he also. Greenlighted the Russian gas pipeline, told Germany we're not going to sanction it, told Russia we're not going to. That was one of the pieces of the puzzle that Putin needed in order to empower him to invade Ukraine. Without, if he had not greenlighted or or waived sanctions on the Nord Stream two pipeline, and if he had stopped Putin with the th- credible threats, uh, if you amass troops on the on the border of Ukraine, this will happen. So a real red line even though this administration doesn't like red lines. They work if there are teeth in them, if they actually are followed through. Uh, But we see a weak President Biden. We know that President Biden and the the Biden family, they're compromised in Russia, in China, in Ukraine, and in other countries around the world because they've been influence peddling. And this has been going on for a long time. And so we do not have a chief in the White House who's actually a commander-in-chief who's going to defend the United States Uh, in the way we need real defending right now. The world is a much more dangerous place than it was even a few years ago under President Trump, because the world, like Ronald Reagan said, responds to peace through strength. And we need a strong, we need strong leadership in the White House. And we need strong leadership with America First senators and congressmen, I believe, to hold the line, because we know we are in dangerous times right now. China is now eyeing Taiwan. We knew that it was it was something they wanted to do, invade Taiwan and take it over, because Taiwan is an independent country and does not want communism. They're a democracy. But China's watching what's happening with Russia, and they feel empowered. And so I think that the, the immediate threat, of course, is keeping the United States and NATO out of this Ukraine issue and certainly making sure that China understands there are consequences if they move on Taiwan. But I believe that this Ukraine issue is largely a distraction from our domestic issues for the United States, because Ukraine is part of Europe. Europe has credible assets there. We'll give them arms and aid, of course, and we must. But as a matter of fact, our southern border is open right now with record levels of fentanyl coming over it. It's The fentanyl is the number one killer of our youth. I personally lost a young family member over the Christmas break to a fentanyl overdose. This is affecting every community throughout our country, and certainly it's a crisis in Pennsylvania, and we don't have the resources to deal with it. But we also have terrorists and gang members and criminals coming over our southern border. Last year, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security under President Trump, Chad Wolf, told me that We know of 2 million people that came over illegally over our southern border, but there were another more than 600,000 that are called gotaways. We don't even know who they are. We just know they got over, but we we don't have documents. They escaped over the border. So what we know is we have to secure our border. That's what it takes to be a sovereign nation. We want legal immigration. We want to know who's coming in the country. But we also have other issues. We know that the Biden administration and their radical Green New Deal team members from the president on down is at war with our American and Pennsylvania energy and certainly our Pennsylvania farmers. The Green New Deal regulations are causing a terrible time for people that want to invest and harvest our energy and certainly our farmers. So my goal in the U.S. Senate is to be the energy senator, and I'm actually calling for an operation warp speed for American energy so we become energy independent, but even energy dominant once again, so that we have enough. We don't need to import energy from Russia or Iran or Venezuela. That's blood oil. Instead, we can supply it here at home, and then we can send some by pipe, we have to lay it fast, to our harbors and send it to our allies so that they don't have to be under the boot, we'll say, of Russia.
0: And to this very important point, Ambassador Sands, in a recent piece you authored, you stated, and I quote, paying higher energy prices directly results from Biden's embrace of the radical Green New Deal crowd. And it isn't just pain at the pump. Businesses use energy to power their factories, make their products and deliver them to stores. Shopping at the grocery store and going out to eat costs more and there is an overall drain on consumer confidence in the economy." Unquote, Ambassador Sands, as you travel across Pennsylvania, a battleground state and a key one I must mention, you have Visited cities and communities, large and small, and you were recently in Scranton, the city that Joe Biden talks about quite often. Could you kindly elaborate on your piece? turn the lights back on for domestic energy production? And why is this issue so important for America's working families and businesses in Scranton, Pennsylvania and across our nation? And what are families from Scranton saying about Biden's agenda, the surge of inflation and the bungled policies which are now adversely impacting their very own lives?
2: It is, I think it's the question of the day, right? And it's not going away right away because these Green New Deal people are, they're dug in. They literally want to shut down our domestic energy production. You saw people that President Biden nominated said we're just not going to we're not going to loan to energy companies. Can you imagine deplatforming energy companies and they don't have access to capital? We wouldn't be able to heat our homes within a week. We wouldn't be able to fill our cars because everything would stop in our in our communities. Our seniors on a fixed income and our working families in Pennsylvania and across our nation are really hurting under Joe Biden's economy, and he did this. We know his war on American energy and his passing of these multi-trillion dollar big bad bills full of Green New Deal, just absolute junk, war on energy, war on farmers, war on small business and regulations that are going to they're going to drive people out of business. First it was the big bad bills that caused the inflation spike. As soon as he got into office he began to pass them even though we were coming out of the pandemic and things were going really well for our economic recovery. But then we saw what happened next. He started to shut down the companies that do the drilling, that do the movement, that do the pipeline and make it difficult. For instance, they would say, well, you can, you can have the leases, but it's almost like you would lease an apartment and the landlord wouldn't give you the keys because you can't move forward because you're just going to, they're going to regulate you and put impediments in your way. So you can't actually succeed in the, in the project. And so what I propose is that we stop the out-of-control spending in Washington that's hurting our families. I'll work with whoever is elected governor in this state so we get the regulations and permitting harmonized. And we literally do kind of like a Marshall Plan. And we harvest fast, we lay the pipes. In the 1940s, they laid a pipe called the Big Inch Pipe, more than 1,200 miles long pipe in less than a year. Can you imagine with today's technology in 2022, how fast we can put this thing in place if we have the intent to do it, to actually rescue American energy and begin to be energy dominant And we counter our adversaries like Russia and China by doing this. It also brings down CO2 emissions. It's one of the reasons that our environment's gotten cleaner is American natural gas and Pennsylvania natural gas. Our economy's grown, unlike many places in the world, while our CO2 emissions came down. We want to promote that. We have new kinds of energy coming from the ground too, kind of a hydrogen energy where we do carbon capture and literally have zero emission energy. So there's all kinds of things in the works. We are the most innovative country in the world. We wanna promote American innovation, American clean energy, but we certainly want inexpensive energy to power our economy, also for our national
1: security. And you just mentioned uh, about the large, bad bills. Uh, US national debt surpassed $30 trillion, which is over $91,000 per citizen and 242000 per taxpayer. So a baby born in America today inherits $91,000 debt. Uh, US budget deficit surpassed $2.3 trillion, which is unsustainable. So we do need fiscally responsible elected leaders in the U.S. Congress who can reduce government spending to the level that matches government revenues, Mm -hmm. as responsible families do. We cannot spend more than what we earn on the long run, otherwise we have to reduce our assets to pay for the debt, and this situation can lead to bankruptcy." Ambassador Sands, what is your message to our fellow Americans and their role in the government of, for, and by the people in order to rein in irresponsible government spending that is hurting us all? Thanks for the question, Natasha. It is the most important thing. I used to say when people would ask me,
2: "What's the on day one, what will you do when you become the U.S. Senator? And I would say, well, I'm going to investigate on day one the Biden family corruption Fauci holding China accountable for releasing this virus from Wuhan while they shut the flights from Wuhan to the rest of China. They released them to the rest of the world. But now I can no longer say that. I have to say we're going to stop the outrageous spending on day one because now our American and Pennsylvania folks, they're in pain. They're trying to put food on the table, fill their gas tank and put clothing on their children, pay the rent or the mortgage. And they're stretched. They did not think they were going to be having 10% inflation, which I think is coming shortly because we saw the wholesale price index. And we see the cost of chicken, the cost of of, uh, gas at the pump is doubled. And what I want to do on day one is stop the outrageous spending. And all this Green New Deal garbage, we have to go in and take it out. Because we know that that's hostile to our American economy. We cannot have Green New Deal, goody pops to leftist organizations, 10 billion here, 100 billion there to this city. If you look at the bills that they passed, they're not in the best interest of the American people. This is a leftist Marxist agenda taking over our constitutional republic. That's not where Pennsylvania is. We love our history. We actually love our freedom. We are. In fact, I'll just share with you, I'm pro-life. I'm pro-First Amendment, I'm pro-Second Amendment, I'm a constitutional conservative, I'm also an America first, a businesswoman, and Christian and mom. And I'm an eighth generation Pennsylvanian and my Pennsylvania ancestors, they fought in the American Revolution and in the Civil War. And this is our time in Pennsylvania, but in the entire United States, for us to fight for the heart and soul of our great country. We're gonna stop the Marxist and we're gonna do it this year
0: as America's ambassador to Denmark, you advanced President Trump's policy of peace through strength, which was also a principal policy that President Reagan affirmed. And there was a historic breakthrough in 2020 when the Trump administration brought together the nations of Israel, UAE, Bahrain, and Morocco, and they signed the Abram Accords, which states, we pursue a vision of peace, security, and prosperity in the Middle East and around the world. However, as we have all seen in the past year, the principal policy of peace through strength strength is being severely weakened to such a degree that we have not witnessed in our lifetime. The chaotic and disastrous withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, the invasion of Ukraine, uh, we are seeing the Vienna talks with the state sponsor of Terrorism Iran, and our friends in Israel. Moderated by Russia, right? Absolutely, that's right. And the people of Israel and our Jewish allies and our Jewish American allies are deeply concerned about the Iran nuclear deal, and how they will have access to $90 billion in foreign currency reserves and sanctions relief. What is your message to our trusted ally Israel and our Jewish American friends who affirm our shared values and principles in view of the Biden administration's rush to work out a deal with Iran? And I must add, as you've mentioned, with Putin's help. Well, you
2: packed a lot into that question, but I'm going, I took notes. I'm going to try to address all of it. Very briefly, Ambassador David Friedman has endorsed my campaign and me as a candidate. He knows my capabilities. I was able to go and visit our new embassy in Jerusalem. Every president since Jimmy Carter said they were going to move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, but President Trump did. And David Friedman was the man that made it happen. He was probably the greatest U.S. ambassador to Israel, certainly in my lifetime, but maybe ever. David Friedman had a big hand in those Abraham Accords, along with President Trump and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. And we saw what that team did. It's historic. It's the biggest deal in my lifetime, bringing peace and trade and goodwill ambassadors so they have diplomatic relationships. You couldn't even fly with an Israeli passport to some of these countries. And now they're visiting each other as tourists. And they're playing the Jewish state song, the song in these countries it's extraordinary. I'm so overwhelmed with joy that this happened and I know that Israel is as well. So it's historic. We have to support it. If President Trump had been reelected, I think they would have all folded except for Iran as far as coming into the the Abraham Accords, but I spoke out against the JCPOA as the US ambassador in Denmark constantly because Europe liked that deal because they could They could invest in Iran and have that market. But we know that the money that goes into that country doesn't benefit the people. They're the number one exporter of terrorism around the world. As you said, we even had attempted assassinations on Danish soil from these operatives, working out of the embassy, these Iranian death squads. So we want to make sure that they don't have more money to spread terror. We saw under those sanctions that President Trump put in place, they did less mischief we don't want to fund the sports and the Houthis, and we don't want to do that, and we should not be back in business with them. We have to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. But then I also wanted to share that while I was the U.S. ambassador, we got Denmark to increase their NATO spending. And how I did it, I went on a Navy frigate when I was there. And they said, Madam Ambassador, would you like to see the, the missile silos? And it's a beautiful Navy frigate. Every person had their own stateroom and bathroom. And I, I go up and look in, in the missile silos. It's like 30 or 40 feet high, but there were no missiles in there. So I said, well, where are the missiles? And, and they said, oh, Madam Ambassador, we don't have the money to buy the missiles. This is a rich European country, free college, free health care. And they want us to pay our 3.5% of our GDP. And at that time, they were paying 1.17% of their GDP, even though they said they'd pay two. And so everywhere I went in the press, I talked about no missiles in the silos. They made caricatures of me and the prime minister, and I'm telling her more money for NATO. Well, they did. They plussed it up. So we got more. But with this invasion of Ukraine, I'm not tracking what Denmark is doing, but I'm guessing they're going to pony up what they promised because they certainly don't want to see Europe invaded because we know Russia may not stop at Ukraine if they get in and take it. And they certainly have the capability if they want to. But Ukraine, I know, wants to have a peace agreement and stop this and have Russia pull out. This is not, not good for anyone in the world and not good for Russia. I actually have a website, if you don't mind if I share it, yeah, carlasands.com, carlasands.com. It's my campaign website, and some of my videos are up on YouTube. Even if you're not in Pennsylvania, you can sign up to volunteer and help us phone bank. Uh, you can contribute to our campaign because we have to hold this seat in Republican hands in Pennsylvania. It's the way we're going to take back the Senate. And I'm the only candidate that can be trusted to put America first every day because I have a proven track record, a public record since 2016 that I have done so. And I'm the only one in the race who helped President Trump get elected in 2016, and then worked for all of your listeners. I worked for every American.
0: Ambassador Carlos Sands, we thank you so much for your continued leadership, and wish you great success in this important American journey. And uh, certainly, we'd love to have you back on America's Roundtable in the days to come. And uh, we also plan to visit Pennsylvania in these days ahead of us, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to see you in action in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania.
2: That'd be great. Thank you, Ambassador Sands. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you, Joel.
0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders' Summit in partnership with Lanza Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adensami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders' Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders' Summit and our distinguished guest host, and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.